In this episode of the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast, we are going to have some fun. So I did it earlier this week where I just uh, was recording and I hit the Tankathon Sim and I had to do a mock draft off the top of my head. And it's Leaf's turn today. He has no idea. This is almost like the lottery, except it's like the lottery. But you have to make a choice, and Leaf is not going to get two minutes in between because that would take a long time, and you guys don't want to have a two-minute gap. But, yes, yes, let's let's have some fun. Leaf is going to do his mock lottery based off the random tank Athan Sim. He has no idea what to expect. I don't know. I'm going to share the screen in a second. Stay tuned. Big shout out to each and every person that has made the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast your first listen of the day. I'm your host, Rafael Barlow, the director of scouting for NBA Big Board. And my co-host is Leaf Chulene, the guy that you all know, Leaf. Leaf has been killing it on the episodes lately. Our most popular episodes feature Leaf. And that's why he is on the hot seat today. Again, he has no idea what to expect when I share the screen and put up the Tankathon sim. Leaf, are you ready for this? Always. Are you, are you sure you're ready? I mean, I know you watch I mean, more college basketball than anybody else. And, you know, we talk draft multiple times per week. But have you ever done, like, a live sim? I mean, it's we're recording it live, so you're not – I mean, you can't prepare for it. But by the time they see it, it, it won't be necessarily live. But are you prepared for this? Are you ready? Yeah, I think, I think I'll be I'll be ready. I, I, I've done enough – uh, mock draft so far that that I think even in the short span there might be some deliberation instantly in my head, but I but I think I'll be all right. I'll be able to elaborate some picks out. Okay, all right, let's do this. All right, so I'm going here. I'm gonna hit share screen. I'm gonna bring it up. All right. Let's do this. All right. Sim lottery. Oh, oh let's go. <laughs> I promised this was not planned. You guys saw it. All right. The first pick in the 2023 NBA draft, the Utah Jazz move up eight spots. Leaf, are you going? Who, who are you selecting at, at number one? I have never once gotten the Jazz to number one. I've messed around with uh, the Tankathon big board and mock draft function a million times, so that was wonderful. And without further ado, I am adding a Frenchman to to help the front court that was recently owned by another Frenchman. But Walker Kessler will be the center. And all jokes aside, Victor Wembanyama, I think actually plays more four from whatever team he actually is selected by. I think he plays the four, so that's a perfect fit. And then you got an enormous front court featuring Lowry Markkinen, Victor Wembanyama, and Walker Kessler. Uh, I mean, I know myself and every Jazz fan would be ecstatic if they were to pull this off, but I, I don't think there's much deliberation here. Victor Wembanyama's the pick. So Victor Wembanyama goes to the Utah Jazz. I mean, that's, that's crazy. I was, we definitely did not plan this out. I know the last time I did, Charlotte ended up number one. All right, number two. Number two is interesting because you hear the Spurs have a significant interest in Amon Thompson. But myself personally, I think number two belongs, and I think he belongs in a tier to himself, 
just a bit over uh, Amon Thompson and Brandon Miller, who have tier three solidified to themselves. So I'll take Scoot. Uh, Scoot Henderson will be the pick for the Spurs. You get the floor general of the future. You have a guy that can make some of your contributors better already. I think a guy like Jeremy Suhan. I think a guy like Keldon Johnson could really thrive playing off the ball with the uh, the gravity that Scoot Henderson will draw with his uh, prowess attacking the rack. Uh, his, he's just got some acceleration that you can't teach. You watch him play, and you think a little bit of Derrick Rose or Westbrook or some of these like uh, illustrious comps thrown his way. But I truly haven't seen someone with the power and acceleration, the speed with which they accelerate uh, since Derrick Rose that Scoot Henderson makes me think of. All right, so you got Scoot at number two. The Washington Wizards move up five spots at number three. I'm sure they would gladly accept that. And who are you selecting for the Wizards? Now, that's an interesting one because you're, that franchise is a bit of a crossroads. So do you want someone to be your ball-dominant uh, guard uh, with Bradley Beal? You know, who knows how long he's going to stay there. He's got loyalty inside his DNA. He's, he's one of those guys who's going to stick it out. But he's got to be a little frustrated with the way this is going. Uh, I think I'm going to go with uh, Brandon Miller here. Assume that Bradley Beal's still there, and now you add a score, uh, someone that'll instantaneously make the team better. Whereas a uh, guy, if you were to take Amon Thompson, Thompson would be someone that would have to navigate playing with Bradley Beal, and Beal would have the ball assuming that he would be there and Thompson is better with the ball. So I think you go both short-term and long-term Brandon Miller makes more sense for the Wizards in my opinion. All right. Number four, the Detroit Pistons falling out of the top three. Your Detroit. This, this is where it's tough right here. So, okay. There is, there's an interesting <laughs> argument you can make here. If I were the Pistons, I would try to trade here in, in actuality. I know that's not what we're doing here. I just want to make that point of clarification. Uh, Detroit is the only team that I think you can make a, a legitimate argument that you don't necessarily want a Scoot Henderson or Amon Thompson if they're picking two through four. And that would be if they're picking two or three, Brandon Miller could be on the board. And that's who you'd lean towards because of need. However, in this case, you're not. So that leaves you, I think, you still have to consider Amon Thompson. You've got Jairus Walker and Cam Whitmore are the guys that come to my mind here. I will take Cam Whitmore of Villanova. I think Cam Whitmore fits the needs of a team that has their foundations in place. You've got Cade Cunningham running the point. Uh, Jaden Ivey is running the two, who can also play some point guard in different units and slash effectively. Whitmore will run and gun with the youngsters. Jalen Duran's going to man the middle. And I think he fits the timeline and has the talent you typically associate with the number four pick. Yeah, that, that you know... I don't even know what to say here other than that would be very interesting if this actually happens on draft night because somebody would fall. I mean, I, and I, I think the person that would be affected by this the most would be I'm in Thompson. All right. Number five, it is the Houston Rockets. Imagine Houston falling to number five. Uh, I think in this case, you got to take the best player available. And I firmly believe that's Amon Thompson. Uh, it's not the most conducive of fits. You've got a, an electric athlete already in uh in Jalen Green in Houston you've got a their best passers their center in Alperin Shangoon uh you could run some interesting superb athlete and not very good athlete pick and rolls um between those and pick and pops 
But but I do think that you've got to take the best player available, and I think the fit won't be terrible once they really build the foundation because Jabari Smith will get better. Tari Eason's an impactful player. I mentioned Shangoon and, uh, and Jalen Green already. I, I think they just need to be coached to be cohesive more so than they're lacking talent, and so you might as well add the best talent as well as a positional fit. So, uh, I know Kevin Porter Jr. is there for those who could get annoyed of the omission, but I don't think he's part of the long-term plans as much as the other quartet of names I listed. And his contract isn't guaranteed next season, if I'm not mistaken. But he was at the press email, email Udoka press conference, so I mean, that was wise for him to be there, especially if he you know, doesn't have a guaranteed contract and they could end up with the point guard that can possibly replace him. Very interesting. All right, number six. You have another interesting choice on your hand. This is the Charlotte Hornets at number six. Wow, this is interesting because uh, on my board, if I were to follow my board, I would take Osar Thompson, who's number six on my personal big board. He could play alongside LaMelo Ball, but I don't love him playing the two guard. If I were picking uh, Osar Thompson and I were in the top seven, eight, I'd love him to be my point guard. That said, LaMelo Balls had some injuries, and you've got the defensive potential to really elevate your team on that side of the ball, as well as the way that team plays is run and gun so much so. And with all these stellar athletes that they're developing that haven't quite cracked the rotation yet, Mark Williams really did well at the end of the year. LaMelo Ball, as I mentioned, Miles Bridges uh, could be returning. He'll be suspended early in the season, but that's a core piece. Uh, you've got guys like Kai Jones, JT Thor, who are phenomenal athletes and that haven't quite figured it out. I think the way this team is built, you you stay with the MO and take an athlete in Osar Thompson. And while LaMelo Ball is injured, should he miss time, Osar Thompson can develop some uh, confidence at the point guard position and in the meantime, steady up the defensive troops for the Hornets. All right, at number seven, the Portland Trailblazers. Ooh, these are. This is where it's <laughs> yeah. getting interesting. Hey, you're the man uh, for the job here. There's nobody better. Let's see. Let, let me let me think about this. So I believe the Portland Trailblazers have a very interesting decision to be made because they're guard heavy. So typically, a team that would you know ha, often would be in the top five. I, I understand they're seventh here, but I'll explain the rationale. You would typically not take a guard, but there are a lot of really good guards to be considered in the top five. So at seventh, I think it makes it almost easier, but I don't know if you find a guy that fits your timeline, especially if Damian Lillard stays as easily. And so I will go with Jarris Walker, who to me is still a difficult read because he's a talented, broad-shouldered, big wing who, who defensively should be able to play immediately. Offensively, I think he's more of a work in progress, and that works because you have a ball-dominant player in Damian Lillard, you've also got an ascending star in Anthony Simons and potentially another one at the helm in Shaden Sharp. At the moment being, you've got Jeremy Grant, Nurkic. So this team has the pieces to potentially compete, but I just don't think they're really there. So you take someone who fits both the immediate timeline and someone that could fit the long-term timeline of, of a team that will grow together and he can ascend offensively and defensively right away, contribute, as I mentioned Jarris Walker is really one of my toughest evaluations. So I'm I'm a little torn when I say that like I, I don't think he's got star value, but I really ha I I haven't seen it because he played on the number one team in the country for most of the season. And then he you're you're told, well, Jarris Walker, you don't know anything until you see him play. 
at uh at practice and so we get, we don't get to see practice so i think he's really dependent on workouts but when the going gets tough i think I think if i were to put on the gm hat i'm taking jaris walker at seven all right when we return we will go through picks 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, and 14. And let's see how Leaf does. But let's talk about the Nissan Player of the Week. It's kind of tough. The season is over for prospects. So do you have a Nissan Player of the Week? Or, or should we just go with Jimmy Butler? for that was going to be my pick for sure <laughs> what what do you have a couple of days ago like 56 or something like he that had 56 and then he had a pedestrian 40 in a closeout game on the road playoff jimmy yeah jimmy butler i mean just had a phenomenal week and the eighth seed upset the number one seed and miami was a play-in team and it seems like it's not even getting enough I don't know, publicity in a sense for an upset. I mean, everybody seems to be just talking about Giannis's press conference, which I thought was great anyway. But the Nissan's most electric player of the week is brought to you by the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. And we mentioned it is Jimmy Butler, who had a crazy week, over 90 points in two games. And the Nissan Aria, is, it is electric. It's brilliantly fierce. It's fiercely elegant, stunningly powerful, elegantly powerful. And it delivers on duality. A combination of fierceness and elegance, beautiful but strong, the perfect SUV crossover. The 2023 Nissan Aria packs pin you to your seat power and premium intelligence all-in-one electric vehicle. It is the all-new, the all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. It is the electric vehicle for people who love to drive. So shop now at Nissan.com. All right. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA and get on your way to being your best self. All right, getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. I know I've had to change because I'm a father now. And so being a father just kind of makes you look at things different. It feels like it makes me a little bit more sympathetic to other people because I see that someone's son. And therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do until we talk through things. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online. It is designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited for your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp.com. Slash locked on NBA. All right, second segment. And this is the second segment in this random mock draft. And I'll just repeat the first seven. We had the Utah Jazz, which is, I mean, <laughs> Leafs' best case scenario. Leafs in the whole entire state of Utah's best case scenario, getting Wimbayama at number one, Scoot Henderson at number two goes to San Antonio. Brandon Miller goes to the Washington Wizards at number three. The Detroit Pistons select 
Cam Whitmore at number four. Amon Thompson falls to number five to the Houston Rockets. His brother, Asor, goes to Charlotte at number six. The Portland Trailblazers select Jairus Walker at number seven. All right, number eight. It is the Orlando Magic with the eighth pick. If it's up to you, Leaf, who are you selecting at number eight for Orlando? That's another really interesting one because they have a nice foundation. Like Paolo Bancaro, we've talked about numerous times, being the franchise piece. Franz Wagner on the wings, phenomenal piece. Uh, You've got guards that are not quite at the same level, but you have people uh, to be encouraged about. So now the question becomes, do you draft a guard and and hope he can complement the franchise pieces, or you draft someone that I think immediately fits? So I'll give you the two logical pieces that fit in my mind. Case and Wallace is one thought and the other being Taylor Hendricks. So he doesn't go too far from campus from UCF to Orlando. Now, now the question for me becomes at that point, do you think Case and Wallace becomes a guy capable of playing playoff minutes right away? Because I think the team is ready to be in the playoffs like Wendell Carter, Jr. Uh, Paolo Bancaro, Franz Wagner. So I, I would go with Case and Wallace and I was kind of deliberating my head as I was speaking there, I would go with Casey Wallace. And I think you play him at the point guard and you have at least a defensively oriented tandem uh, of guards in between he and Suggs to complement if Fultz is healthy. Fultz can play with some ball uh, playmaking skills and responsibilities. And you have a nice enough balance there. And it never hurts to have guard depth when trying to make the playoffs, especially when your front court is set. So I think I'd go with the guy I perceive to be a slightly better prospect in Case and Wallace, who also fits, should he start right away, uh, a more of a positional need in the, the first unit than does Taylor Hendricks. But I do love the Taylor Hendricks idea of just staying in Central Florida and think he'd be pretty phenomenal there as well. So you're going Case and Wallace. Mm-hmm. All right. It's a tough one. You know what I mean? Like, I had a hard time doing it, too, because the best players are guards. And actually, I think on mine, I bumped Grady Dick up. I felt like it's weird because Orlando was not a playoff team. But I th- I think I may even go a little bit more towards fit than best player available because I want to reduce some of the redundancy. All right At number nine is the Indiana Pacers. And who would you select at nine for the Pacers? Man, that's that's another interesting one because they have their franchise player or or close to it. I won't say Halliburton's quite a franchise player, but he's he's just about there. He's on the par. Then you've got a guy who had very good rookie season. In fact, you had two guards that had very good rookie seasons, and, and Benedict Matherin was the first one I was mentioning, and then Andrew Nemhart as well. So you're fairly shored up at guard, and that is the position with more players that really fit uh, where where this pick is. So now the question becomes, do you go shooter and you could go maybe Grady Dick and play the same ilk as Buddy Heald? Do you go with a guy who could space around like Taylor Hendricks? But I've got one that you may not be super surprised by, but a couple listeners may be. I'm going with Gigi Jackson at number nine. I think Gigi Jackson is a star, personally. I think he's going to be a star. But also, who better to let him run and gun 
than having a point guard like Tyrese Halliburton, someone that they don't have the expectations of winning right away. Like, for instance, the Magic, I think, expect to be in the playoffs next year. I don't think the Pacers think they'll be there yet. They have an ability to bring him him along immediately, but also without the pressure because they've got a, a very ball-dominant guard in Halliburton, who's a phenomenal passer and, and just a character guy through and through. And I think that'll allow Gigi Jackson to uh, accelerate his growth process on a team that will be growing together. And that's very important in the context of winning in the long run. A lot of these teams that are trying to draft a start don't have the chance to win immediately. So if you're going to draft at nine and you have a chance to get one of those type of players and he fits your positional needs and he fits alongside your best player, I think that's a win-win. So I'll, I'll go with Gigi Jackson selects upside over uh, immediate fit, which would be the Taylor Hendrickses of the world. Interesting. Very, very interesting because I felt like Indiana was a playoff team until Halliburton was was injured. I mean, I think at one point they were in like sixth place. So I'm kind of curious to see what their game plan is for next year. Do they go for it? I mean, is Hill still on the team? I know they signed Miles Turner to an extension, but I don't I can't figure out if that extension was to make sure that they were meeting the cap floor this year because I know he got like a significant increase in salary. Did they re-sign him to trade him so they can get pieces in return? What what is your thought process on the whole Miles Turner situation? You know, I, I think it's a combination of both. I think both he and Buddy Heald were were taking contracts that were probably rich for a team that was intending on competing initially. So that allowed them to have cap for potential trades. And I think that was probably the logic behind it. But at this point, you kind of hit yourself in, in middle ground because they ex- exceeded expectations, as you mentioned. But I think realistically, this team doesn't have the capacity to compete as much so uh, in terms of like truly competing to win a round of the playoffs than do the Magic. I believe more in the Magic and the way they're built right now than I do the Pacers. Um, so I, I would say the the money spent was probably in hopes to make the financials work in a trade rather than have those guys get that much money in order for their, their franchise to win immediately. Yeah, very, very interesting decisions will be made in Indiana. But if you are in charge, you're selecting Gigi, which I think me and you are like the only guys that are like all in on Gigi. And I got this article, this piece, it should be coming out maybe by the time this airs, if not give it a day or two. It's a feature on Gigi where I interviewed him and just kind of talked about his background and, and what he's working on. Very interesting guy. And I'm, I'm a big fan of him on and off the court. All right, if you're looking to build a championship team, you know that it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With the eBay Guarantee Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. So just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know if the part will fit or you'll get your money back. Because just like sports, confidence is the name of the game. And when you shop on eBay Motors and with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it is easy to bring home a win 
when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay's guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only and exclusions apply. All right, last segment. We left off at number nine. And let's just go down the list again. San Antonio selected victory in Wimbayama number one. Scoot Henderson went number two. Wait, no, two. no, the, the Jazz. I'm the sorry, Jazz sorry, got Victor Wimbanyama. I, I got to be protective of my pick right here. Yeah, my, my, my bad. Going too fast. The Utah Jazz selected Victor Wimbanyama number one. Scoot Henderson goes number two to the San Antonio Spurs. Brandon Miller goes number three to the Washington Wizards. Cam Whitmore climbs to number four with the Detroit Pistons. Number five and number six are the Houston Rockets and Charlotte Hornets, and they select Amon and Asura Thompson, so the Twins go back-to-back. At number seven, Portland selects Jairus Walker. At number eight, the Orlando Magic select Kaysen Wallace. Number nine, the Utah – I'm sorry, the Indiana Pacers. You know what, because I know how much you love Gigi, so it's just easy for me to think Utah Gigi. At number nine – the Indiana Pacers selects G.G. Jackson. All right. Number 10 is the Dallas Mavericks. If you're Dallas. I think the Dallas Mavericks have a, a perfect shoe-in fit right here, and it's Taylor Hendricks. Uh, Taylor Hendricks, I think, is the guy that if Luka Doncic – you see this in football occasion where the quarterback says, hey, I want this guy. The most notable one that I can think of right now is Pat, Patrick Mahomes texted – uh, some coaches and GMs, he said, I want Clyde Edwards E. Lair with the last pick of the second uh, of the first round a few years ago. Uh, I think Luka Doncic would be would be all in about Taylor Hendricks if he had watched some college basketball. And he the reason I think this is Taylor Hendricks is a guy who is a three and D guy who can play the four and the five offensively and defensively. I think he'll be able to slide his feet and do and defend even better than just the bigs of the NBA. He'll shoot the ball very well. And I think he's got more athleticism and upside than maybe given credit for initially upon further watching of him. I, I think his athletic traits don't like stand out like, oh my goodness, look at this vertical pop. But it's very functional. And I think he'll uh, be ready to contribute right away. And that's when you've got a star and not just a star, like a mega star like Luka Doncic. Um, you want someone who's able to contribute right away. And I think the skill set and fit are very, uh, very perfectly built for the way Dallas wants to play basketball. Dallas is another team with an interesting timeline. I mean, they have a young star in Luka. Jaden Hardy is young, but I mean, it took injuries for Jason Kidd to have the confidence to let him play. And Adding another young guy, I just wonder, would Jason Kidd be comfortable playing three guys in his top six or seven rotation that are under, what, 23 years old? I don't know how, I think Lucas like 23, but basically two guys that are 20 years old and younger in his top six. I don't know how how that will fare for Kidd. All right, number 11 is back on the clock the Orlando Magic are back on the clock. And the last time you took Casey Wallace, who's next? I think it's Grady Dick. I think you you took a positional need in uh, Casey Wallace in terms of, 
I don't think they're sold on Suggs as their franchise point guard. I don't think they can truly put enough faith into uh, Fultz. So you took a guy who can immediately contribute and has upside long-term. This time, I think Grady Dick fits the billing of what they need as a, as an archetype. They need someone to space the floor for their impressive guys who handle the ball. Paolo Bancaro struggled shooting the ball at the end of the year, but he showed all the traits to be a dominant number one in the NBA. So get him some shooting and positional size around him, and I think Grady Dick will be eased into a situation where he can play starters minutes, he can come off the bench, and do what he does best, shooting the ball with a pretty athletic team around him. And I think his biggest weakness, I know I got a lot of people on Jazz Twitter that don't like that I'm not ecstatic over Grady Dick. I think he's the, he's a, I won't say inept defender, but I don't think he's going to be a good defender in the NBA. So you put him next to players with really good positional size on the Orlando Magic. I think that really protects him in that regard. And he's got a very desirable skill set for what the Magic want in terms of his shooting at 6'8", and I think he'll expand his game a little bit, but he's more of a fit player rather than a guy you can build around. Yeah, I had Grady going to Orlando at number eight in my mock. All right, number 12, another tough fit. It's the Oklahoma City Thunder. Like, I mean, where is a clear-cut path to significant minutes with the Thunder right now? This is interesting because they're – they're young, they're talented, and they've got depth at each position, and they don't even have their most like coveted pick from last year in Chet Holmgren. So a lot of people, if young they just watched too. today... Young depth. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, is anybody over 25? Uh, maybe Kenrick Williams. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, but like that, you're, you're scraping there. Um, let's see. Who do I want here? All right, here here's a pick that I don't think I don't personally have him this high, but I really like the fit, and I think the Thunder can afford to swing a little bit. I'll go with Jordan Hawkins. I think Jordan Hawkins is the best shooter in the draft, and I don't think it's just he's the best pure shooter, but I think he's the uh, the valuable skill set of that. He does it off movement. They've got the guys they want the ball in the hands of. They've got Shea Gilgis Alexander. They've got themselves Josh Giddy as a pick and roll savant. They've got themselves a guy like Jalen Williams from Santa Clara who is really ahead of his timeline and scores the ball, defends, has the capacity to do even more. So why not add someone like Isaiah Joe with a little more upside to sprint off screens, be a little bit more on the ball as a six-man spark plug type? And you saw the success that Isaiah Joe was able to have, and why not try to replicate that and maybe hit a little bit more of a home run? Like this, that one... You know, not to discredit Isaiah Joe because I think he was a phenomenal uh, addition and really played well this season. But that was that was a single deck home run. What if Jordan Hawkins can be a you hit that one to the second deck, and, and he fits their team really really well, and he has upside beyond just a fit. So I'll, I'll go with him for the fit and that because they can afford to take a swing. All right, this is getting interesting. We're down to the last two lottery picks. Who do you have the Toronto Raptors and all the weirdness that's going on in Toronto? Who do you have them selecting at number 13? I'm just going to go with the best player available. Uh, I'm going to go with Anthony Black. I like Anthony Black a a lot. I, I think he's a very good defender. I think he's a guy who's got an eye for passing. I just didn't think he fit many of the teams that we just had selecting where I think he deserves to be in that range. So I'll take a guy in Anthony Black who fits a lot of what the Raptors have built around length, athleticism, defensively oriented, big positional players. 
Uh, so I, I think they're going to change their roster around, but why not? Why change their philosophy if some of their roster pieces are gone? Uh, he may not start immediately if they're going to build around Scotty Barnes, which is the most likely case. But I think you you can't be too picky when a guy like him is still around. I considered a guy like Keontae George, but I but I think Anthony Black is is the guy I'd take there. All right, last one. Somebody is upset because they fell outside of the lottery. Some agent has promised their guy a lottery pick in the recruitment process, and now that guy is outside of the lottery. Who is the last pick? at number 14 in this episode for the New Orleans Pelicans. Oh, man. The Pelicans are another team with positional youth and depth that makes it interesting. I'll I'll go with Deontay George, and here's the rationale. I think you have as good a teacher for Keontae George as there is in C.J. McCollum. I think he can mentor him into being a not supremely athletically gifted guard that is known to score the ball. But you know who's carved that path for 20 points a game for the past couple of years? That's C.J. McCollum. I don't think they need him immediately to contribute. And I think you've got upside for him to score off the bench. And now I'm rethinking this a little bit because I forgot (laughs) someone I like. I'm going to go with Dariq Whitehead. Oh, Sorry, let, let me let me restart. I, I still stand by that logic. I, I, I stand by that logic for Keontae George, but I realized that I forgot Dariq Whitehead, and I like that fit. Dariq Whitehead uh, has positional size. He's got the shooting, and when the Pelicans are right, they have two guys that can get into the teeth of, de- of the defense at will, so you need to surround them with three and D guys, and I think Dariq Whitehead's got more upside than he showed at Duke because he's battling injuries. He's, he's a very, very good shooter. And he's someone that I think in a pinch could give you some ball handling when when the uh, Pelicans struggle with injury issues. He could be, help you out there. And he and Trey Murphy could be some snipers as support members to Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. And my friend Andrew, if you're listening to this, you get one more dookie for your second favorite team, your adopted team. That was great to say. That is another Duke guy on top of having Trajan Langdon there also. Well, that wraps up a great episode. I know uh, this was kind of fun, and you had to be on the spot. You had to think on the fly. Keontae George and Nick Smith Jr., sorry you missed the lottery, and that's just kind of how the cookie crumbles. I know in mine, Jairus Walker fell out of the top 14, and I got a little criticism for that. Once again, thank you, Lee, for this episode. This is the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast, and we are out. <laughs> <laughs>